Episode 15 of the podcast is with Jack Clover, who's the S&C coach at Everton Ladies. Jack talks about his role at Everton and how he works both on the pitch and in the gym and how those programs work and how he's developed them from his time at the club. He also talks about um, how he introduced power sessions into the into the program and how he um, how he uses GPS and testing and monitoring out on the pitch and works closer with the coaches to do that. Please go and check out our next network meeting, which is going to be at Notts County on the 22nd of February. Tickets are now available on um, Eventbrite and you can book them for free. As always, subscribe and share the show and head over to iTunes to leave us a review and a rating. Enjoy the episode with Jack. Welcome to episode 15 of the Football Fitness Federation podcast. Today, we're joined by Jack Clover, who's an SNC coach at Everton Ladies. I've known Jack for a good few years now, which I'm sure he'll go into in a second, and it's great to see his progression, so I was delighted to get him on the podcast. Um, Jack, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks very much for having me on. No problem at all, mate. So just kick us off. Let's get into your background and your experience and just take us up to your role, what you do day to day. Yeah, no problem at all. Okay, so um, I suppose, like a few other people uh, you've had on the podcast, um, I started out as a, as a kid who was mad about sport, uh, played loads of different sports as a kid, football, rugby, cricket, bit of everything. Um, so the obvious thing for me was some kind of sports science degree. I think I probably went to Liverpool John Moores University more for uh, maybe the place than the actual course at the time. But I think I ended up at one of the best sports science universities in the country and I ended up staying there on and off for quite a few years. Um, so I suppose it was in my second year of my exercise science degree at John Moores where I really got into strength and conditioning and I really um, became aware of training for athletes specifically and the differences within different sports um, and that really sparked an interest for me then. Um, so when I finished my degree, that was when uh, we first met in Nottingham, um, started interning at Nottingham County Cricket Club um, with yourself and a few other people and I think that was a really valuable internship for me because um, we we got some really good solid education as well as the opportunity to work with top class players, international players um, so I took a lot from that experience um, kind of came out of it feeling like I maybe needed to learn a little bit more, get a little bit more education so I ended up going back to Liverpool John Moores uh, to do my Masters I uh, studied exercise physiology uh, over two years there and, and during that time I was lucky enough to um, to get a role with the university as well. So I um, I worked with their task programme and their scholarship athletes. So I was working with lots of different sports. I was having to research different sports every year, everything from combats, team sports, female sports, male sports. And then still while I was finishing off my master's, I also got the opportunity to work with Everton ladies through a couple of the players who were scholars at the university. Um, and I suppose that takes me up to my current role. I've been at Everton ladies for just under three years and that's gone full circle from a part-time position to now a, 
a full-time role as their uh, as their S&C coach. And what, what do you think your biggest progressions are as a coach, Jack? So going right back to the internship and then through the roles that you've held, obviously you've got more and more experience. And what do you feel, feel like the biggest areas you've progressed are? Um, I think uh, I think it's really interesting because with the um, the route I went down with my education because I studied physiology, I suppose that was very much my area of of expertise when I started my role. Um, but I think through being at um, through internships, through being at the university and having different people to tap into different disciplines. Um, so I've been able to develop the biomechanics side of my coaching um, at Everton um, a lot more work out on the pitch rather than just in the gym the GPS side of things um, so I suppose I've really kind of developed in, in those areas more through my experience um, yeah well, and with your role at the moment obviously you're you're gym based and pitch based aren't you but how does that actually look so Kicking off with the workout on the pitch, what is it you actually do out there, and what does your uh, day look like when the when the girls are out on the pitch? Yeah, so day to day, I do a bit of everything really. So uh, we'll look at uh, monitoring the players daily uh, through uh, wellness questionnaires, uh, so we'll monitor their fatigue, soreness, sleep, menstrual cycle, everything daily. Uh, we'll also screen them weekly, so. Um, that's just your very basic mobility, um, knee to wall, hamstring stretch, that sort of thing. Um, and then I'll, uh, they'll all uh, work through individual pre-activation programs before they go out on the pitch. Uh, out on the pitch, I do a lot of their movement prep work, um, any kind of extra conditioning we need them to do away from football itself. But I suppose our kind of philosophy as a club is to get as much of the uh, the physical preparation side of things in within football. So we like to do as much as possible with the ball. Um, and then I suppose we monitor that through GPS and anything else we need to top up and add in on top of that um, on the pitch. That's where we'll do it with specific running drills. But generally we try and get as much in as possible through the football side of things. And in your role, Jack, how many other coaches in terms of S&C or sports science are you working with or is it just yourself? Yeah, Everton. So it's, just, it's a small team. So it's literally just um, myself for sports science and strength and conditioning. We have a sports therapist. Um, and then I work with our under-20s S&C coach as well. And I also work with our regional talent club, so like our academy, so our under-16s downwards. So it's a very small team, which I think has its benefits because uh, we're a close-knit group and we work together well. Um, I suppose in comparison with maybe your men's professional football where you've got uh, much bigger teams, maybe more job roles, which also has its benefits through having lots of expertise. But I suppose with, with what we do, it's, it's quite a small team, so there's, there's not as many voices. And uh, obviously that then allows you or requires you to um, take up the role of, of developing things like the pre-app programs and all the things you mentioned in ter terms of the monitoring as well. So is that things that you've put in place or was that in place already when you arrived at the club? Yes, yeah, so I touched on um, how when I 
when I started that role, it was a, it was a part-time role. So we were in the second tier of women's football at the time. Um, majority of women's clubs were part-time. So we trained two, three nights a week, played at weekends. And since I've been at the club over the last three years, I think women's football in general has just rocketed in terms of uh, the money clubs are putting into the game, the popularity, the people coming to watch, the TV coverage. Um, so now we're in a situation where uh, we're full-time, we're in five or six days a week. So a lot of that stuff has been um, developed through that. So when we when we weren't in every day, we didn't need to monitor the players every day. Now that we are, we, we need to kind of uh, keep up to date with that. So I suppose the majority of that is stuff we've brought in. Um literally over the last over the last year or two so that was stuff that you needed to do because they went to full time and they were in more often yeah and I think um, the other thing with the women's game is we've definitely seen it's a difficult thing to maybe prove and quantify but we've definitely seen a um, an improvement in the in the standard and the physical preparedness of the players uh, so I suppose our players have had to grow and develop to to meet that standard as well. So if you're um, if you're coaching players to cope with training a couple of times a week and playing a game, compared to your tra- I'm now trying to prepare players to train four or five times a week at high intensity and then go and play a game. Um, and we're often having to play multiple games in a week, uh, which maybe wasn't the case before. So I think that's all developed a lot. And how do you find, I know uh, you mentioned off air that you've been through a, a change in, in management recently and I know that's probably, you don't have much experience of that changing too often, but how's that been different? So obviously you don't have to talk about the, the individual coaches, but how do you find that that affects your role? Yeah, I think that that definitely affects the role of a, of a sports scientist S&C coach. I suppose I haven't been through that change in football that often but in my previous job at, at Liverpool John Moores I was uh, I was working with maybe 10 different athletes from six different sports and and um, certainly uh, each coach you talk to wants something slightly different for their athletes so I think that's a really important relationship your S&C coach to coach relationship because um, maybe you're trying to get across what you think the the athlete needs to develop and work on from um, from your point of view, from your testing, your screening, but also the coach has very specific requirements of of what they um, they want the the athlete to do um, on the court or in the ring. So I suppose that's exactly the same with football. Um, a new coach comes in and wants to play a certain way. Uh, the players have to be fit enough and prepared to go and play that way and they have to be able to train that way every day. So, um, so that's a very, very important relationship. And I, I suppose it, it comes down to maybe a little bit of research, a little bit of, uh, talking to your network, talking to people who've been in similar positions and, um, how you can start to tailor your training towards what that, what that coach wants you to do. I don't know a big part of your role, Jack. I, I know you've got to cover, a lot of different areas because you you said that there's just yourself that's in in charge of the SNC and sports science. So you are out on the pitch as well as being in the gym and looking at looking after the players um, in terms of the well-being uh, work as well. And I'm guessing you cover things like recovery and possibly nutrition as well. Um, but in terms of your gym-based program, 
how how is that structured? But also, it'd be good to know how it's changed from what you were doing before. So when the when the girls were part time or um, the the setup that how it was before, how's that different to now? Yeah, um, it's definitely changed a lot. I think initially we had to rely a lot on what the players did when they were away from us. Um, whereas now we don't we don't have to rely on that as much. So uh, we we get great support we get great um use of the facilities we train at finch farm with the with the men's first team with the 23s in the academy so we have fantastic facilities to use um we're probably in the gym um probably six seven times a week now because uh we'll be in there for as i said pre-activation programs before sessions we'll usually come in and use the gym for recovery uh day in day out straight after training as well just your really basic active recovery uh, foam rolling, mobility work, um, and then our, our general weekly structure. We tend to focus Tuesdays around specific recovery for players. We play the majority of our games on a Sunday, so on a Tuesday they'll come in in the morning. Players that started the game or played the most minutes will recover. They'll do a little bit of upper body work, some trunk conditioning work, um, and then other players might do a little bit of extra off-feet conditioning. Um, which will vary, maybe use the what bikes for. Um, a Wednesday tends to be our heavy day all round. So that's where um, the work on the pitch is more larger pitch based. There's more of a high speed running, more of an explosive um, emphasis to the pitch session. And then in the gym, that's when we'll do our strength work. So we'll lift heavier in the gym. We'll do more of our exercises with and more of a eccentric cost are heavy squatting um on the wednesday then we have a day off so we have that day to kind of let the players recover and refresh and then in the gym on the friday we'll do more of our power work more of our uh high velocity work our reactive work but that'll be generally very short and sharp a lot less volume really high intensity within that session and that kind of mirrors what we do on the pitch on a Friday as well, um, with the idea of they come in on a Saturday, do a short, sharp session going into a Sunday match. And has that setup been developed by yourself um, to tie in with the, the pitch programme? So have you looked at the pitch programme, spoke to the coach, seen that they're doing the more explosive work and the heavier loaded stuff on the Tuesday, and then you've said, right, we'll... we'll that's what we'll match in the gym and then the same on the Friday, the more potentiating um, exercises or sessions, we'll do a similar sort of thing to match it up from the, uh, from the pitch to the gym. Yeah, completely. I think um, when you talked before about how I've developed as a coach, I think maybe one thing initially when I started this role, I was maybe thinking in terms of what I do with the players in the gym and what the coach does with the players on the pitch as a separate as two separate things. I think I realised quite quickly that you can't really think like that. You have to think of um, the overall load of the player for that day. And I think as much as possible, if we can not necessarily match what's happening on the pitch, but complement it. So, um, as I said, if we can keep our higher work are um, more eccentrically demanding work as far away from the match as possible so there's not going to be any kind of muscular soreness on a Sunday but there might be a little bit on a Friday which isn't necessarily as big a problem because what they're doing on the pitch on a Friday 
is not as going to be as demanding as as what we're expecting them to do on a Sunday in a competitive match. Yeah, that's great. That's a really good insight. And then just to break the program down a little bit more, Jack, in terms of your strength day, so you your higher eccentric loaded day. What's your what's your focus? behind that so what do you see as being key movements to try and target and what do you want the players to to get out of that so it's um the, each of the programs are a very individual so at the start of the season i'll i'll maybe group players a little bit based on uh, just our movement screens so if i think they're more suited to squatting i'll get them squatting maybe a slightly taller athlete who might struggle a little bit in a, in a back squat position I might get trapped by deadlifting instead or um, so I'll base it a little bit around the movement screens uh, which I'll usually do every kind of two or three months and then um, what specifically I want them to work on so um, again with the facilities at Finch Farm we've got um, we've got use of a force decks force platform we've got use of nord boards groin bars um, so we try and uh, profile the players every maybe we try and do it four or five times a season um, so I suppose what we're looking for with that is um, any asymmetries if there's large asymmetries we might look at doing certain exercises unilaterally versus bilaterally or uh, if we've got players with specific weaknesses maybe eccentric hamstring strength on the nor board we're going to tailor the exercises we do in the gym um, more around eccentric hamstring strength. Um, but I suppose, I think as a whole, within our program, we've got a young squad, um, generally with relatively low training ages, apart from maybe some of the ones who've, who've been with us a little bit longer. Uh, we quite often get players in from um, from abroad who have done very little in the gym as as younger players. So really the main focus of our session is is around just getting the players as strong as possible, um, and we feel like the stronger we can get the players, the less, the more robust they're going to be, the less likely they are to get injured on the pitch. Um, and I think the more, uh, the more I read in the, in the strength and conditioning literature, the more the literature tends to support the idea of, of the stronger you can get the players, the better. I think that's uh, great that you've just mentioned that, mate, because even though at the time we're recording, the, the episode isn't out yet. The episode before this one is with Sam Joyce, who oh, yeah. um, at the times at Knott's Forest, and he yeah. basically speaks about this exact same thing in the yeah. podcast. He mentions about um, players coming from abroad and not being it, um, needed to work on strength. He, he has players at different training ages, so his big thing is he's uh, growing up strong, so it's developing strength throughout um, and that that then can then be transferred into power at, at, um, at a later date or an older age. So yeah. I think it's great for you to go into that, and it just shows that the way that you guys are, are thinking very similar in terms of the program. Yeah, I think it's very key to to build the make, the base of strength first, because otherwise I think you're not going to get a huge amount out of your power work. You may be going to um, going to waste a lot of energy in those sessions. I think particularly when when I first started, when I, when we didn't have as much contact with the players, um, the, the entire focus was on strength, just very basic, very basic movements. Can the players squat? Can they hinge? Um, can they lunge? Can they rotate effectively? Um, 
really simple movements and we just progressively load them um over time which is which i suppose is a difficult thing to do uh within the programs when you're in a football schedule where you're playing week in week out and um, we'll always try and use uh down weeks or weeks with out matches or international breaks for the players we don't have a way to really load them and maybe slightly overreach them um in the gym uh because I suppose in the player's head it's 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 quite difficult to to really load up in a in a week where you've got to play a match on a Sunday and I think that's a little bit around educating the players and and progressing them uh, in a controlled way. And how's their uptake on the program Jack? So when you're talking about the benefits of strength training and the importance of developing strength through the lifts that you're setting out and how you're individualizing programs, how do the girls take to it? Uh, yeah, generally really well. I think it's one of those where if you can explain to a player why why you're asking them to do what you're asking them to do, um, I think particularly with our players, being young players, being really keen and hungry to learn and improve, they're very receptive to it. Um, maybe wasn't quite the case when I first came in. Maybe it's changed a little bit over the last couple of years, but I think the current group of players we've got are really, um, really receptive and, and also actually, interestingly, particularly those players that are coming in from overseas who maybe haven't been in a programme like that before, they, they seem actually particularly receptive to, to learning new things and, and to getting into the gym. Uh, that's, uh, again, a, a really good insight, mate, into what, you, what you've developed over there and uh, I've seen from afar the work that you're doing and I know it's, it's quality and it seems like the progression you've made over the last well months and years has been massive. So it's a it's a credit to where you're at and the people that you're working with at the moment. Um, in terms of in terms of your when you're talking about individualising programs, how do you find that works out? Because obviously within a team um, environment, a lot of the time it can be hard to get the programs so individualized and we spoke to we've spoken to a few coaches before on how different different clubs do that mark armitage talked about how he used to do it at arsenal where they had just a certain group of players that they worked with all year round um and then i know different coaches in different clubs do it in slightly different ways have you come up with any sort of systems or anything like that or is it a case of looking at every single individual player and, and creating a program from there yeah, I've got a few probably similar systems to I think what people have said before um, in the in the podcast. But I think um, initially at the start of the season, I probably group players, uh, particularly new players coming in, uh, because you maybe don't know them as well and you haven't seen them in the gym as much. Um, purely just based on um, on our testing at the start of the season, and I think across the season it the programs develop. Um, obviously there's a, there's a difficulty with having 20 people in the gym at once all doing different things. Um, and I think that's where if your players are really bought into it and really, um, keen to, to improve, I think our players are really receptive to, I'm doing a program that's, that's, uh, purely based on me and, and what I need to work on and what I need to improve. So I think the programs start the season quite, quite grouped and probably quite obviously grouped and then across the season um we tend to change the program up every kind of four to six weeks with each individual player so 
Um, they're all working at slightly different paces. So rather than me writing 20 programs uh, every four weeks and trying to deliver 20 new programs, it's more I'm writing four or five new programs every week, um, which tends to work a bit better because I can spend a bit more time with those players specifically in the gym that week taking through their new programs. Um, around what we do before sessions, pre-activation is probably a bit more obviously grouped so we'll have a specific group for players maybe who've got previous ankle injuries or calf injuries which will be built around mobilizing the ankle making sure it's it's uh, stable enough it's reactive enough to do the work on the pitch we might have a hip hamstring group or a hip groin group um, so that's much more obviously bucketed into different groups um yeah, and then a little bit on the pitch as well. We'll have certain players who we want to build a bit more work capacity. Um, so what they do in sessions might be tailored a little bit more to that. Um, and then certain players we want to work on speed or acceleration. Um, so yeah, they, they, they are grouped, but maybe um, as those programs develop, it becomes less less obviously grouped and more individual. And is that led by the physio as well? Is that are they looking at you working closely with the physio um, in terms of injury history to design those prehab programs? Yeah, definitely. So um, I suppose we might have a case where we've got players coming back from injuries as well, where um, their pre-activation might be a lot more based around what the physio wants them to to work on. Um, yeah, so that definitely involves working closely with the physio and, and knowing the injury histories of the individual players as well. Um, and it's also a lot on what the what the players report. If you've got a player consistently reporting every day that they've got um, a bit of groin hip tightness or something like that, we'll, we'll try and then add that into their program and that's kind of how the program evolves. And touching on the last stages of the week now, you said obviously that strength was more of the focus at the start of the week on the Tuesday and then you're looking at more of a potentiation session on the on the Friday and more more power and speed focus. So how yeah. does that differ to... Say that again, sorry. How does it differ to the, to the Tuesday or the year strength session? Yeah, so... Um... So, yeah, so on the Friday, what they do on the pitch is more kind of, uh, I suppose it's it's medium pitch sizes. Uh, so it's a little bit of everything. There'll be some high-speed requirement, but more like explosive work. So that pitch will tend to be short, but high intensity. Um, and then we try and mirror that within that Friday session. So um, the first kind of couple of weeks we had it in there, I suppose the players left the gym a little bit thinking um, that they hadn't done that much, maybe felt... Uh, like the session was was very kind of short and and sharp and they hadn't done that much but I kind of I kind of wanted them to feel like that I wanted them to come out of the gym feeling um, feeling fresh and feeling strong and powerful and explosive uh, ready for that uh, for that Saturday session to sharpen them up for the for the game um, and I suppose that that looks a lot more like um, uh, we do lots of uh, ballistic movements, so your box jumps, hurdle jumps. Um, we'll also do lots of reactive work, so depth jumps. Um, we'll load some of those movements. Um, we'll resist some of those movements with bands. 
um, band resist, uh, sorry, um, prowler pushes, band resisted accelerations, things like that. So it's very explosive. Um, and also going back to what you were saying before about the, the grouping, I tend to group that session more by units um, playing position. Um, so they're kind of in within their other players in their position for that session. Um, with hopefully the idea being they kind of push each other on and they're, and they're working on similar things. Okay, so with that, because that's interesting. So with the positions, would they do, what would they focus on then? What would be the difference from, say, a full back to a, a centre midfielder or a, a keeper to a striker, for example? Yeah, so we, we um, are more central players. So our centre midfielders, for example, um, I try and get a lot of frontal plane movement in with them. They'll do a lot of lateral movement. Um, resisted lateral lunges, Cossack squats. Um, so on the power day, it might be more lateral jumps. Um, and then maybe with a, a winger or a fullback or a wide player, um, we're going to look a lot more at short, sharp contact times because I suppose they're a lot more likely to get into high-speed, high-velocity work on the pitch. So um, whereas the central midfielders might need to work more on acceleration over those first few meters so more maybe ballistic work focused around counter movement jump type exercises and our wide players might need to work more on reactivity because we're more interested in stride length and fast ground contact times um so they'll do more like your pogo jumps your depth jumps um and then uh, keepers as well like um Lateral frontal plane movement is really important. Rotational movement is really important for keepers. Um, we've been doing a lot of work recently with our keepers around um, the goalkeeper coach wanted to work on blocking and making saves and then getting up quickly. So we can go quite, uh, we try and go quite specific with the keepers in the gym. Um, so that's, that's kind of the rationale behind grouping it by position a little bit. Um, but it's maybe something I'm still developing and still playing around with a bit. And, that, and what do you see as being the main, I know you've touched on it a little bit there, but what do you see as being the main focuses and the main ways you want to develop the programme? Because obviously all the things you've spoke about so far are things that you've brought into the programme and developed and, and uh, the programme sounds like it is developing really well. But what do you look at and think that we could get that better or we could develop that a little bit more? Where are the areas that you'd focus with that? Yeah, I think across our whole squad, I think we've got a, um, a generally very fit squad and I think that probably um, that's probably based off some of the, some of the training we, we were doing earlier in the season. I think where we may be, because we're a little bit of a younger team, not quite as strong as some other teams, I think we maybe struggle a little bit more when it comes to speed and acceleration compared to some other teams. I think we compete a lot better than we used to uh, when we first got promoted. But um, So that's a big... Um, a big element I'm looking to to improve in the program. I think we want to we want to really make sure we're training at match intensity. We want to make sure we're hitting speeds within training, and that's something I've been focusing on a lot with the with the coaching staff. Um, how we can get um, match intensity into training drills on the pitch. How we can get um, high speed work into training on the right days. Make sure players are hitting those speeds. Um, because I suppose the the theory being that um, our squad is generally very 
fit. It's got very good uh, aerobic capacity, work capacity. But if we can build top top end speed as well, then that repeated speed will kind of come with that in the middle. That's awesome, mate. And that sounds like a good area to focus on. And are the coaches receptive to that? Are they happy for you to step in and, and, and give input on how that can be developed? Yeah, I think the coaches are really, um, well, I'd, I'd say the coaches are probably kind of demanding that from me and, and wanting me to um, to give that detail. Um, and the coaches are very keen on, on um, kind of developing players' programs based on specific things they need to work on the pitch as well. Um, which is a great challenge for me as well because it means I have to go and um, and really analyse and look at specific movements with our with our performance analysis team and and um, and be a bit creative with my drills. But um, but that's great. That's something I really enjoy and I like I like to be challenged on that. And just to tie into a little bit of that, in terms of you as a coach, Jack, where are you? Where do you currently do your your learning or your CPD? Because being at a club like Everton, obviously you're surrounded by. Um, top coaches it sounds like you got some top coaches working at the club on the ladies side but obviously also on the, the male side you've got some top S&C sports scientists that are over that way where do you do the majority of your learning now? Um, yeah I think I'm in a really privileged position to have uh, the expertise we've had over the last few years at Everton we've had some fantastic um, sports scientists Um working within the club uh, who I've who I've tapped into and they've generally been very receptive to that. We've got uh, Matt Tabner at the club who's um, our head of rehab who's brilliant with me. Uh, he's always happy to answer my questions and help me out with things. Um, I think around CPD, I'm always just looking for, for little kind of one-day conferences and things I can go to. Um, I went, uh, so I know the UKSCA are putting on a specific football um, uh, football Day conference, uh, yeah, which I'm really hoping to get down to. Uh, John Noonan, who's another colleague from Everton, works in our academy, is uh, presenting at that. So he's another person I, I tap into a lot. Um, one one thing that uh, that I always look to do, we get um, placement students every year from Liverpool John Moores University from their uh, Masters in Strength and Conditioning, and, and I think I get a lot of learning from from them because they come in with all the really up-to-date uh, literature from strength and conditioning. And a lot of the time it's them coming to me with a, with a paper that they've seen and, and we can sit down and go through that together or, um, or discuss that. So a lot of the time it's actually, uh, it's actually our placement students who are coming to me with new stuff and, and helping me develop as a coach, which is, which is brilliant. <laughs> That's awesome, mate. That's brilliant. And if, if any of the guys have got any questions on the programme or any of the things you've been through in the podcast, where can they get hold of you? Um, yeah, they can get hold of me. I, I, I use Twitter probably more for, um, more for kind of reading and keeping in touch with, with other people. I don't, um, I don't post a lot on Twitter, um, but people are always welcome to shoot me a message on Twitter. Um, it's Jack underscore Clover one. Um, I probably use Instagram more, so um, probably easier to get hold of on Instagram. Um, my handle is strengthcoach underscore Jack. Oh, that's great, mate. I'm sure some people will reach out to you and uh, have some questions there. I really appreciate you taking the time out. It's great to catch up with you. 
Um, nope. I know the last time we saw each other was, I think it was Soccer Science on it when we were down there at Bristol. Yeah, yeah, down in Bristol. Um, so it's been a little bit since I've seen you, but I've seen the sort of work you're doing and it was good to have a chat with you today to see how the programme's working out. And it sounds like you, you're in a good position up there, mate, and things are, are working out nicely, which is good to see. Yeah, great. You too as well. I think um, you guys are putting out some really useful information, really valuable information for coaches. So um, keep up the good work. Cheers, mate. And uh, thanks again for coming on, Jack, and we'll catch up soon. No problem at all. Thanks very much. It was great to have Jack on the show. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can follow Jack on Twitter. He's Jack underscore Clover one. And also on Instagram, he's strengthcoach underscore Jack. Um, The biggest takeaways for me were how he puts a positional focus on the priming sessions that he does with the players. I thought that was a really good approach and how he's developed that. And also how he personalises programmes. So he takes real pride in how he personalises programmes, works with the physios to develop the programmes, groups players so it's not taking up hours and hours of planning. Um, And he seems like he's got a really good system in place for developing personalised programmes at the club. And also another big takeaway was that he's not afraid to ask questions and he's not afraid to go and approach him and ask questions um, and improve as a coach, which I've seen over the years that I've known Jack. Please um, go over to our website because we've now got our first online resource available. So the Physical Performance Handbook is a handbook developed by myself and Jordan Tyra, who is a former guest on the show um, on episode number seven. And we've developed this handbook. It's including 25 drills um, focusing on speed and acceleration, power, endurance, um, change of direction, and strength. So there's five drills for each category. Um, These can be used with players of any age, ability, um, from first team right down to grassroots, and the drills that we've both used and seen used at pro clubs as well. You can get the handbook now for $9.99. It's available on our website. So if you go to footballfitfed.com and just click the shop, shop tab at the top and that'll take you through to the, the handbook. We've had some great feedback on it so far as well. So that's really good to hear. It's been quite a long time coming. Myself and Jordan worked pretty hard on it to get it out there. So it's great to have it finally out there and getting some feedback on it. Also, um, our Knots meeting is not far away, so our next network meeting is around the corner. 22nd of February, we're going to be at Knots County. Johnny Wilson is presenting. Tickets are free, and they're available on Eventbrite. We've also got links on our social media. We're constantly putting out on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, So come and join us. Come and meet other coaches. Build your network. You'll obviously get to meet Johnny, and there's a number of different coaches that we've had on the podcast. Jordan Tyra is going to be there, along with a few others, so you'll get a chance to meet and speak to coaches like that. Build your network. You never know where that's going to lead to, and, and it's a free event as well. So if you can make it to Nottingham on the 27, uh, 22nd even of February, it'd be great to see you all there. We're going to try and get as many coaches there as possible. And as always, massive thank you for listening. Um, I really do appreciate all the listens and they are growing all the time but to grow it even more please subscribe and share the show Um, share it on social media tag people in it retweet it on Twitter but also tag coaches in it that you think might benefit Um, if you're doing it on Instagram put it on the story tag us in on the story same with Facebook share the show Tag, tag friends, coaches, colleagues, family members whoever you think may benefit tag them in on it and let's try and share it as much as possible. 
And also, if you are enjoying the show, um, please go over to iTunes and leave us a review. It's another way of boosting the show up and making sure that we keep getting these quality guests on the show as well. So head over to iTunes, leave us a review, preferably five stars. That would be great. Um, with a little bit or a few sentences on what you've taken from the show and maybe what your favorite episodes have been as well. Um, So yeah, thank you again for listening and we'll speak to you next week.